struck 3 a.m. The witching hour has begun. Are you ready to be initiated into the Black Magic Coven? Join your sisters, Liz, Kaylee, Marissa, and Andrea, as we meet to discuss the macabre, creepy, and sinister. We travel to the four corners to make a deal with the devil. So today we are talking about deals with the devil. <laughs> um, uh, I this is like an interesting topic because it it's like it has a ton of information and then like not a lot of information. It's kind of a weird thing because it's like you hear a lot about deals with the devil, but how many real? I mean, obviously, how many people can be like, I literally made a deal with the devil. This is real, and here's my proof on how I did it. Um, right. That's going to be very difficult to prove. So there's not a lot of real examples of deals with the devil necessarily um but there's a lot of story behind deals with the devils and of course or deals with the devils Whoa, multiple devils devils no. devil all of them the devil um no so there's a lot of story and folklore and uh you know stuff like that and so we're going to kind of delve into this concept and talk a little bit about that and then also maybe talk about a little pop culture because we love a good pop culture moment um, so first off, uh, I thought I would start with just kind of an intro of what, um, a deal with the devil involves. And then we're also going to talk about Faust, who to me is like immediately who I think of when I think of deals with the devil, because to me, that's like the OG, uh, like story folklore mm -hmm. that has been passed down. Um, so a deal with the devil also is called a Faustian bargain or a Mephistophelin is, did I say that pretty right? What do you guys think? I think so. Sounds right. Okay. Bargain. I really tried to practice that word just so you guys mm -hmm. know. <laughs> um, and it's a cultural motif in European folklore. Um, and it's best exemplified by the legend of Faust and the figure of Mephistopheles. Um, and it's also elemental to many Christian traditions. So obviously in Christian belief there is uh, mention of the devil and so therefore there like it goes down to there is a Christian belief about witchcraft and with witchcraft there is a pact between a person and Satan or a lesser demon and the person offers their soul in exchange for diabolical favors. Um, and those favors vary by the tale but tend to include youth, knowledge, wealth, fame, or power. And it's funny because this like immediately made me think of the uh, Fear Street movies. I don't know. If yes. Like when I was uh, yeah. doing this, I was like, that was okay. Like, because she basically sacrifices her hand to the devil to like make her pact with the devil, the witch in the Fear Street movies does, Sarah Fear. Um, and so I was like, oh, hey, there's like a very recent little pop culture moment of like this deal with the devil concept. So until you said that, I just like Adam and Eve just popped in my head, which I hadn't ever really thought about would fall into that same category. Oh, yeah. I think Adam and Eve, I would say, is maybe technically the first deal with the devil. Like, yeah, right. With the apple with and the, the, yeah. the snake. Um, so because the snake is, de is the devil. Right. Satan. And so he basically it, and like the knowledge factor of like, that's what he convinces Eve that she needs knowledge. Um, and 
so that's what he gets her to do, which of course they blame him, and, you know, but, uh, it's all classic. downhill from there. That's another story, but, um, uh, so <clears throat> it was also believed that some people made this type of pact just as a sign of recognizing the minion as their master. So like they would just make a pact with the devil to be like, I, you are now my master. So like you as Satan, um, I pledge my life to you and it's in exchange for nothing. Um, nevertheless, the bargain is considered a dangerous one as the price of Satan's service is a wager's soul. So, like, almost always the price in a devil deal is, like, a soul of some kind, whether that's your soul or, like, the soul of your firstborn child, which I feel like is a common one that we hear in, like, Ooh. stories. Um, mm -hmm. But it's almost always, like, that is the trade-off. Um, and so... <clears throat> There are a lot of stories where people try to outwit the devil, and so, like, they try to get out of their deal. So, uh, the person making the pact sometimes tries to, like, get out of it, um, but usually they end up losing in the end somehow. I feel like there isn't a ton of examples where someone's, like, truly able to get out of the deal altogether, um, and it's considered a foolhardy venture because they, you know, you're just not gonna win. It's the devil. I don't know. Is, can you guys think of, is there any that you can think of of like examples of people that have truly tricked the devil? No. Sabrina, the <laughs> Netflix. Oh, yeah. She, I, she's the only one I can think of, right? Like, she. That's a good one. Yeah. I was going to say Keanu Reeves in. Oh, yeah. Hit, but he doesn't. No. At the end, like, he doesn't yeah. back. Um, yeah, I feel like it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Because the devil's the ultimate, right? Yeah. The ultimate. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like the monkey paw thing. Like, he's going to make, or I say he, they are going to make you feel like you won even when you didn't. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll trick you. Um, so just to dive a little bit further into the Faust uh, story. Um, so Faust is highly successful, yet dissatisfied with his life. Uh, which then leads him to make a pact with the devil at a crossroads, and he exchanges his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasures. So the Faust legend has been the basis for many literary, artistic, cinematic, and musical works that have reinterpreted, reinterpreted it through the ages. So Faust, and the adjective Faustian, implies sacrificing spiritual values for power, knowledge, or material gain. And by the way, when they say musical, they're talking about operas, because there is five bajillion operas that are based off of this concept. So, if you're an opera person at all... Um, I know opera isn't necessarily tied to Faust, but isn't the fiddle usually connected to the devil? Yeah, there is a lot of stories with the fiddle. Because yeah. Because devil, devil... Devil went down devil to Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, like one uh, of the most annoying instruments, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> Marissa, I played that for like 14 years. <laughs> no, you did not. I did. Oh, was, my God. I was really good at it, too. About to toot my own violin. <laughs> Why are you not playing the fiddle up for our intro song, then? Because I got old and tired. And oh, my I gosh. I played the violin in fourth grade. I didn't call it the fiddle, but I was pretty good at it. Well, um, yeah, I called it the violin. I paid fourth through twelfth 
I'm just messing with you. I couldn't even really recall like how much a fiddle differentiates from other. The fiddle's all about how you hold how the instrument. It. Yeah. Kaylee, yeah. okay. we need to form a fiddle band. I'm fucking down. I also have a mandolin. Oh, I you guys can be like a fiddle now. It's like a thing. <laughs> you guys can do that number from Singing in the Rain where they do fit as fiddle. Yes. yes. Fiddle yes. Like, Let's go. <laughs> Somebody else has to sing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't not let singer. Me do that. No. Well, so I have a question. If y'all were going to theoretically like make a deal with the devil, would you do it in exchange for youth, knowledge, wealth, fame, or power? I think I would do it in exchange for my dogs living as long <laughs> as I do. Aww. I would give my firstborn child for knowledge because I feel like with that I can get all of the other things. That's fair. Mm. I think, and I'm never gonna, and I'm never gonna have a kid. So screw you, devil. Mm. <laughs> That's how you trick him. Screw you, devil. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like wealth comes with a lot of those other things. Wealth, like, yeah, like... To uh, me, wealth is, like, probably, to me, the one that I would... Yeah, rich people are always like, money can't buy you happiness. Bitch, it can buy me a lot of things that would make me happy. Yeah. I'm gonna be a terrible rich person. Like, let's be honest. Like, I'm just gonna be buying, like, billion-dollar pinky rings and flying a big dick to <laughs> the moon just because I can. Like, I'm not gonna yeah, have anybody. A, I'm just gonna be a total narcissistic asshole. <laughs> I would just gut my house, make it the house of my dreams, and pay off my car, my very like middle class car. I don't need a fancy. And then travel. I would, and I would travel. Me, yeah. Traveling is the top. Mostly I would like be like, mother, I'm buying your house and you and I are going to travel the world together. That's as long as I can take my dogs with me, which if you have enough money, I bet you can. Mm -hmm. You guys that are good insane. people. I would go towards <laughs> wealth too. Like we may not be able to buy happiness, but like we're all unhappy to some degree anyway. So yeah, like, like comfort, comfort. Yeah, it can buy like it can pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd probably go for like uh, I'd go for wealth, and then maybe if he has time, youth. If he has time. I feel like basically like Jeffrey Bezos's like ex-wife made a deal with the devil, which is that she probably like, got out of that marriage, but like she still <laughs> got to keep some of that money. Mm -hmm. She didn't get to go to space though. No. Oh but did God. he really? He went to space Honestly, for like five seconds. Yeah, literally. Who fucking cares? Good job, man, on your dick rocket. <laughs> What's the point? You didn't even go to a planet. Right? Yeah. Ugh. So getting back to Faust, which yeah, sorry, let's say you know Jeffrey Bezos is basically Faust. Let's be honest. Um, so Mephistopheles uh, will serve Faust with his magic powers for a set number of years, but at the end of the term, the devil has to claim Faust's soul, and Faust will be eternally enslaved in hell. Which to me does not seem like a good trade-off. I don't understand ever why somebody would make this deal. Agreed. And I, I feel like there is nothing worth, like, being eternally damned. Like, that is wild to me. Like, yeah. I just... <laughs> it's so... I The only thing, like, the only reason I feel like you would make a deal is if you had something that wasn't yourself to give him. So, like, the first right. child thing to me makes more sense. Yeah. Because to me, at least it's not you. Because you, you don't know that child. I don't know though, if I get to pick what I'm doing, cause like, 
I'm gonna reference little Nikki now. Like if I get to shove <laughs> pineapples up no. Hitler's ass for all eternity, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're working, I guess, yeah, that's true. You're but working saying, in hell. Yeah, yeah, you're working as somebody that's working for, instead of being tortured yourself, I guess is maybe an interesting way to look at it. Because I mean, to me, in my brain, I'm thinking you're getting tortured. Yeah. Like you're not happy. Like that's usually what I feel like it ends up being. But like, I guess in this, it does technically just say that he's enslaved. So like, I mean, he could just be working and not being like physically tortured, I guess. But eh, it still sounds pretty bad. Yeah, but here's the thing: the deal with the devil is always a trick, right? Yeah. You think you think you give it. You're like, yeah, you can have my eternal soul, great. But it's the monkey paw. Like yeah. we said earlier, there's always a catch. Yeah. So, well, and do you know how long you're going to be able to enjoy your gift before it's time to go? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be like two days and then they're like, bye. Which honestly, I think like Sabrina did an okay job at tackling that sort of, they sold their soul to the devil for mm -hmm. this or that. And now the devil's coming to collect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. So during the term of the bargain, Faust makes use of Mephistopheles in various ways in um, Goth's drama and many subsequent versions of the story, Mephistopheles helps Faust seduce a beautiful and innocent girl, usually her name is Gretchen, um, whose life is ultimately destroyed when she gives birth to Faust's bastard son. Um, so realizing that this is an unholy act, she ends up drowning the child and is held for murder. However, Gretchen's innocence saves her in the end and she enters heaven after execution. Um, in Goat's rendition, Faust is saved by God via his constant striving in combination with Gretchen's pleadings with God in the form of the uh, in the form of the eternal feminine. However, in the early tales, Faust is irrevocably corrupted and believes his sins cannot be forgiven. And when the term ends, he does get carried off to hell by the devil. So there are technically different versions of the story, depending on the one you read or the one that you look into, uh, technically, I guess, he does get out of it in certain ways, but it's because God intervenes. So I feel like most of the time, if you get out of it, it's probably because a greater power has intervened somehow. It's not like you as a human are smart enough to outsmart the devil. So my sense. only knowledge of this story is the 1926 silent film, Faust. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. I highly recommend. Like, I know some people are weird about silent films and like older movies, but it's really good and it's very horror fantasy like it, it i love that movie that's cool I, I haven't seen it um i like that there's only like three films that are based off of this story really and they're all fairly old and that was one of the ones mentioned and then uh like i said there's a bajillion operas based off of this a lot of stories um like just books and retellings of the story and stuff like that um, and then there's a couple of like television made for TV things that I think mostly felt more like uh, like scholarly, like looking into the story kind of a thing versus like a narrative of like the story, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I feel like the Faustian deal and stuff, I remember talking about it in high school. like. We would compare it, we were talked about it in literature class and we would compare it to other 
things, and I of course can't think of anything like off the top of my head that we were reading at the time that we compared this to, but I remember like knowing about Faust and knowing about that concept from like a youngish age. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the main like gist of that Faust story, which I feel like uh, for the most part when you know you hear a reference to a deal with the devil that like Faustian deal is like another way to talk about it mm. so that's always I felt like it was important to like at least talk about the base information of that but um I don't know that much about Robert Johnson which is what Andrea is going to be telling us about so I'm very yeah here uh her little take on this so what has has anybody heard of Robert Johnson I have the, okay, awesome. he's a guitarist right yes um, I was actually like, I grew up in a really like music friendly household. My parents like listened to all kinds of music, no matter what we were doing, we were going to see live music or like they would go barbecue with their friends and we'd listen to music. But I didn't hear about him until later. Um, Walter Mosley is one of my favorite authors of all time. And he has a book called RL's Dream. And in it, there's this old blues musician that talked about his time spent with Robert Johnson. And so I'm going to start it with the legend kind of behind him because it precedes him. So the legend is, you go to where a road crosses that way, where a crossroads is. Get there, be sure to get there just a little before 12 that night so you'll know you'll be there. Have your guitar and be playing a piece. Be there by yourself. A big man will walk up and take your guitar and he'll tune it and then he'll play a piece and hand it back to you. That's the way I learn to play anything I want. So there's a lot of mythology with the crossroads. Um, and apparently this was also uh, had roots back to a lot of African lore brought over by slaves who um, in the South would share their stories as well. So. The Crossroads reference was interesting to me and not realizing it tied so much into um, um, Faust and the Crossroads. I, I think that could be a whole thing in and of itself. Um, but to backtrack, Robert Leroy Johnson was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, possibly on May 8th, 1911. Um, there's very little known about Robert's father his mother was married to a prosperous landowner at the time, um, but he was eventually forced by a lynch mob to leave their home in a dispute with white landowners. So Julia up and left Robert in Memphis to live with that husband. But there he spent eight to nine years growing up in Memphis where he got lessons in math, reading, language, and most importantly, music, and acquired his love for the blues. So he rejoined his mother in somewhere around 1919, 1920, totally different life. She married a sharecropper. They were living on a plantation. Um, but during this time, there's not a ton known, but he traveled a lot back and forth between his mother. And apparently his stepfather was a really cool dude because he accepted him and kind of raised him and gave him schooling. So things didn't start off very well. In February of 1929, he married a girl named Virginia. She died in childbirth shortly after. Um, he did have a child in 1931 with a woman. He also got married again in 1931. However, after settling in and trying to do the domesticated thing in 1932, she also died. 
Jeez. So surviving relatives of the first wife attributed her death to divine punishment for his decision to sing secular songs, which they would also call selling your soul to the devil. And he himself accepted the phrase as a description to abandon his life of a husband to become a full-time blues musician. So a lot of the musicians in the area that knew him later said that he was a nice guy um, and mostly average. Uh, He had a weakness for whiskey and women, but he also had a huge commitment to the road. So he would just travel constantly. So around this time, he's trying to play instruments and a famed bluesman, Sunhouse, would go on record as saying that he would beg them to play their instruments during sets. So like they'd be playing at a juke house and they'd go on break and Robert would come up and ask to play their guitar and the people watching would beg Sunhouse for him to get off the stage because he was terrible. They said he was a decent harmonica player, but he couldn't play the guitar to save his life. So right after this, um, he disappears for about six months. When he comes back, he has like a formidable technique and has mastered the blues. (laughs) So people are like, okay, maybe he's just practicing all the time. But what has come out of this is that he took his guitar to the crossroads off highways 49 and 61 in Clarksdale, Mississippi where the devil retuned his instrument in exchange for his soul. So he didn't do a whole lot to try to refute this. Um, There's a couple songs in his repertoire during that time that were Crossroad Blues and Me and the Devil Blues. (laughs) He also was told to have always carried a rabbit's foot, which apparently back then meant a lot more than it does now, like as an occult symbol. Um, And now it's just kind of like a stupid tchotchke, like, yeah (laughs) like you stop in a gas station anywhere like oh it's a rabbit's foot but i guess back then it was a a big thing um weren't sure if the devil in these songs were referring to like they had referenced his choice to leave his family and go on the road and play the blues and and unholy music um or (coughs) excuse me sorry you're good Um, It was not only the Christian devil, but also the trickster African god Legba, which could be a whole nother episode in and of itself. So shortly after, Johnson died on August 16th, 1938 at the age of 27. Um, His death was not publicly reported and there was a lot of people that were still like looking to play with him because by this point, his reputation was getting out there. People were like, where did this kid come from? Like, how can he play so good all of a sudden? Um, there was like, I think 30 years later, somebody found his death certificate. There was no autopsy and no immediate cause of death. So all of this just contributed to the legend even more an oral tradition. Um, there were a couple theories outside of the devil just taking him. He had a way with women and there were rumors that close to his death, he was flirting with a married woman in a bar and that that man had poisoned him, um, that he began feeling ill. There was also rumors that close to his death, he had been seen like on all fours, barking like a dog outside of the juke joint. What? Which could be the poison, uh, could be the devil, but it also could be syphilis, which was another rumor that 
is something that he died of. Um, and then in 2006, a doctor actually had said, looking at his photographs, he had like unnaturally long fingers and a bad eye that they thought he might have Marfan syndrome, um, which could cause like an aortic dissection, like your heart splits. So there's a lot of theories on how he died, but nobody actually knows. I forgot that he was a member of the 27 Club. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So they say he's one of the original. It was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Is what I was oh, thinking. Oh, do they of. talk about him in there? They don't talk about him specifically, yeah. but they talk about a musician who tells them he sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, and there were reports from other like blues players at the time. You know, whether they wanted fame or they were telling the truth that he had actually admitted to them that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, but basically from 1932 till his death in 38, he moved all over the place. Um, he never had a home. He would stay with ladies in different cities and just play on street corners, um, which is a huge shame because at the end, he only had two recording sessions. Mm -hmm. There was one in San Antonio in 1936 and one in Dallas in 37. So he left us 29 songs. Wow. That's a lot of songs, actually, for just two recording sessions. Yeah. yeah. Um, it took until 1961 for Columbia Records to assemble a collection and release it. Wow. And then at that point, Eric Clapton, Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, Robert Plant, they've all cited him as key influences on their own work. Um, Eric Clapton even said he was the most important blues singer that ever lived. Yeah, that's how I kind of know about him because um, I used, well, I love the blues, but like uh, I saw like Eric Clapton, BB King, Buddy Guy, mm. Buddy Guy, Santana, and like ZZ Top in mm -hmm. Dallas. Uh, I think I was like a junior in high school. It was a really cool show. And um, I, I know some of their songs, like some of Clapton's songs, are influenced by. Robert Johnson and I think some of Zeppelin's too, mm -hmm. maybe a couple from Led Zeppelin. But I just remember when I was starting to get into uh, those types of musicians and starting to listen to more blues, like you know Buddy Guy, Muddy Waters, and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the Delta Blues in particular with Robert Johnson, he kind of came up. But even like the recording on his songs that you can hear, it's so old. It's really hard to get like a really like clear sound you know mm -hmm. yeah I found a couple of YouTube uh, playlists with somewhat cleaned up but I think that adds to the yeah. whole mythos of it being gritty mm -hmm. and hearing that grainy sound because his voice was like mm -hmm. very unique as well it wasn't just his guitar playing like the whole the whole package was a, a vibe mm-hmm but um, since his death, he got recognized by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Grammys, the Blues Hall of Fame, and the National Recording Preservation Board. Um, another fact that I thought, like, again, just adds to the mythos, up until the 80s, there were no images of him. It was like, did this guy really exist? Or is, hmm. yeah. Um, to this day, there have been three verified photos, mm -hmm. only two of which have been published. What? Yeah. So in the end, he has two photographs and 29 songs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure he has a legacy greater than he ever imagined, but it's kind mm -hmm. of the monkey paw thing because he never got to enjoy it or realize it was there. Yeah. 
Um, but also, there's a lot of people that will argue that he invented rock and roll. Um, he was an inaugural member of the 27 Club, paving the way for Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison. That's and an fortified the marriage, uh, like between rock music and the devil. Mm-hmm. That yeah. whole lore of that going together just kind of was like solidified with his story. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's so. Maybe that is why that's like, because like rock and roll music is like the devil's music or whatever. Yeah, like such a huge thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess maybe it's. I mean, it sounds like it is definitely linked because of him so like that's kind of interesting i didn't know that that connection was because of him so well Crazy. and is it lore or did the entire 27 club sell their souls mm. okay <laughs> i went there <laughs> i mean it makes sense i don't know i feel like jim morrison would be kind of too selfish to sell anything of his right i could see that yeah like yeah, he just did way too many drugs. He sold his sold his drugs. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he'd be like giving much. He's like seems like more of a taker, but But know. yeah, and looking into this, like I had Googled the twenty seven club and um it's kind of a, like I don't, I don't like conspiracy theories, but I like reading about them. But it's mm-hmm. a little daunting to look at the list, and it, it's very weird. Although I have to call back our conversation about Stole Kansas when I made the comment about Ariana Grande selling her soul in Stole. <laughs> With the fly in her limo. So she just turned 28 in June. Okay, so she's good. She's so safe. she survived. Yes. Okay. Yep. So she either got out of it or she didn't do it. Yeah, so that's his story, and there I was like, there's a lot, but there's not a lot, because it, most of it, all of it is allegedly and supposedly, and legend has it, there's not a lot of yeah, exactly. Yeah, info. And I feel like, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the most recent example of a literal selling his soul for the devil. Mm-hmm. I think of somebody that, like, because there was a lot of, like, AD references. Yeah, it was well known that someone yeah. did this. Yeah. That's it. Anton, uh, how do you say his name? Yelchin. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. was who I was thinking of. Because I was like, who recently passed away? He was 27. I was thinking of him, but then also I forgot that Jonathan mm. Brandis, uh, you know, he committed suicide yeah. when he was 27. and. Uh, if y'all had ever there seen There was it. also a K-pop star recently. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's pretty wild. I don't know about, like, specific deals with the double, especially since some of these were, uh, like, intentional. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. And it's cool that he has this kind of legacy, you know, like this mystique around him. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a good sure. documentary yeah. on Netflix if people are interested um, that haven't heard about him, that would like to know more. Um, but there's also, have you guys watched any of like the Kevin Hart's history, like short things? No. The documentary I think that you're talking about on Netflix about um, Robert Johnson, but I I don't know anything about like Kevin Hart's connection. 
Okay, so Kevin Hart's Guide to Black History is hilarious, um, but he has an episode on Robert Johnson that I also would highly recommend. Um, it'll make you snot giggle. <laughs> what are y'all's, um, in terms of like pop culture, what are y'all's favorite films that feature maybe not just like a deal with the devil, but like the devil in general as a character? Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I was going to say Rosemary's Baby. I, I yeah. always feel like I'm always so mad about Rosemary's Baby because I'm like, why did I have to be directed by that a-hole? Yeah, I know. And you guys, I movie. haven't seen it <gasps> because of that. And I feel wow. like, I know I've watched okay. a lot of movies made by That's shitty people. Fair. But That's I have, fair. Yeah, I haven't. But that I, movie I, is. I want to watch it, but I don't want to watch it. I, I mean, I feel like if you, I mean, I I don't know. I know there's like this whole thing about separating the artist from, you know, the art, the yeah. And I respect people's decisions who don't listen or watch things because of shitty human beings for sure. But at the same time, I'm like, the book is really good too. If y'all have never read it, um, if I would suggest it. It's pretty good. And there's even like a, I didn't see the knockoff series on Fox. I don't think it got super good reviews, but. Yeah, I would definitely suggest at least looking into the movie and watching the movie. Yeah, because I watched Jeepers Creepers before I knew. Um, I personally would like to say that the movie Bedazzled really inspires me. Yes! Yes! A hundred percent. Dude, I love that movie. It's so stupid. But it's so it. silly, but so brilliant. Uh, it's so funny. So one of my favorite films featuring a devil character is probably one from childhood. Have y'all seen the movie Stay Tuned? No. Yes! <laughs> I have. Okay, so this movie is fantastic, hilarious, and so bad, but ultimately Jeffrey Jones plays Spike, which is also yeah. the devil. And uh, John Ritter's in it, right? Ritter. He yeah. is like a bum who won't stop watching TV. He's not a bum, but he's just a couch potato and he is always watching TV. And so Jeffrey Jones shows up to repair his TV or whatever and gives him this special clicker. And him and his wife end up getting sucked into the TV program. Oh my God. TV. But all the TV shows are like they like take place in hell kind of there's like mm -hmm. rain, oh there's wait and is eugene levy in it he is yes okay yes it's so good y'all it's i was like good it's like good bad or bad good you know what i mean yeah i don't think i've seen it in like 20 years but it's it's fun to revisit it's made in like 1992 but all of the uh all of the like hell versions of the TV shows that they get su stuck in are really funny. Like, um, I don't want to ruin them all, but like Wayne's Underworld where you have uh, Wayne and Garth are like zombies and stuff. And they're trying, like the devil is trying to get their souls. So they have to like fight their way out of each television uh, series. And there's one that's like they're in a game show. They're animated as a cartoon, and it's super fun. It's really fun. That's probably one of my favorites. But Jeffrey Jones, he sucks. Um, he's like, right? Yes. 
he sucks but uh the film so i always want to list the um satan from south park as my favorite (laughs) oh my god i think honestly like have you guys seen angel heart Uh uh-uh no i don't think so so it's mickey rourke is like a private detective um and robert de niro hires him and robert de niro's name is lewis cypher Um, very low key, but um, it's so good. And Lisa Bonet is in it, and she's just Aww. an angel and immaculate and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very good. And like Robert De Niro plays the shit out of the devil. Like he is phenomenal. And I feel like it's like a lesser known thing that more people should watch. Hmm. And plus, yeah, well, Mickey uh, Rourke. Yeah, I, I mean. Also- I also definitely need to add in a TV show that is all about this, which I was telling you guys about, but like mm-hmm. a TV show Reaper. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's just such a fun show. Uh, and basically the premise was that this kid uh, finds out when he turns like 21 or something. I can't remember what age. I, I want to say it's 21-ish, around that maybe. But he finds out that his parents sold his soul to the devil and so now he has to like work for the devil and it's super funny and ridiculous and it kind of gave me um like dead like me vibes when i watched it because it's very yeah, okay uh, it's kind of s- like silly like dead like me was as far as like death and whatever becoming like this office job type thing yeah and uh Actually, Dolores from Dead Like Me is in it. She is, like, the lady that works at the DMV because he has to go to the DMV. Oh, that's right. To get his little, like, assignments. And so he has to collect souls that have escaped from hell to send them back to hell. And the DMV is the portal to hell um, in the show. (laughs) That honestly sounds realistic. Yeah. And so I just think that one's so fun. I loved that show when it was out. Um, But, yeah, that was a... To me, that's kind of, like, an underrated one because I don't think it, like... it lasted for a couple seasons but uh it was not like super popular by any means but i think it's a fun one um so yeah. i want to rewatch it now it was fun it's like a light-hearted dark comedy yeah for sure mm-hmm. i feel like i need to revisit it and see if it's still worth watching because who knows maybe it sucks now there's probably a bunch of like terrible jokes in it that i know <laughs> that you're like oh, that's problematic yeah Oh, and Ray Wise plays the devil. Oh, yes! I have to say that. That's important. <laughs> he's the best. So, yeah, he's a great devil. So, Well, Kaylee, I've heard that you can get us out of these deals. Here's the thing. We've talked about the shows we love and the movies we loved of, you know, characters that are getting involved with the devil. But I have found a step-by-step procedure on how to get out of a devil or how to trick the devil's, like, taking your soul. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> okay. Step one. Set up the deal properly. So apparently there's a right and a wrong way to make contact with the devil. The right way is to be alone, close your eyes, and say, Satan, I summon you. I have a quality soul to sell you if the price is right. God, what if you don't have a quality soul? I know, like, yeah, my, <laughs> I know, right? My, my soul's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> Here's the thing about this specific point: is it says there's a wrong and a right, but they only give you the right way. Okay. Okay. So, soul is right. It may take dozens, even hundreds of times, but at all costs, avoid sounding desperate. Oh. Like dating. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he'll show up eventually. <laughs> Step two. Deal deal from a position of power, right? Mm. So your soul is what he wants. The biggest mistake people make is to underestimate how badly Satan wants their soul. Mm-hmm. It is precious gold. He will give you anything to get it. And when he appears, you have to get him to make the first offer. This is all very, you know, since I'm in sales for my day job, this is all very <laughs> right. And kind of like relatable in a way. And it's, I mean, honestly, you're trying to sell your soul to the devil, so I mean, it makes sense. You know, like. So I, is that once you make the offer, don't talk until they talk? Well, yes. Yeah. Maybe. And just also, I think it's interesting to kind of go into it because there's so many, there's like this aspect of desperation and stories of people who right or characters who sell their soul but in reality that's a commodity that you really want so you have more leverage than you think you do exactly you're you are desperate you're i mean how desperate do you have to be to be like satan i will give you my soul mm-hmm for I don't know. I'm either going to be desperate, or I've had like a bottle and a half of wine, and it's Saturday at two thirty <laughs> in the morning. Andrea's lighting candles at two forty-five. She's like, yeah. "Dear Satan." Yeah. <laughs> hey, <All right>. <laughs> this brings me to step number three. Get the absolute best. Best. Like who's Beth? Mm-hmm. Get the, the absolute best deal. Get the absolute best. Yes. So don't forget, you're going to burn in hell forever. So no, no matter how badly off you are at this moment, you should not sell yourself short. You always want the best. Well, okay. See, this is one thing. Like if your soul is going to be damned to hell and then people say, oh, you're going to burn in hell forever. Well, a soul isn't a human body, so you're not really going to feel pain. Right. You're not going to. Yeah. It's just going to be like maybe I don't know. I mean, that's that's always something that I sort of thought was kind of weird. Like, but do our bodies feel the pain, or do our souls feel the pain? Right, and do they attach your soul to a being that feels pain? I don't know if the soul can feel though. Sure. I don't know. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, you obviously want to get the deal, the best deal possible from the devil to like buying a car or a house but you know yeah so the example that the article i'm reading uses is you should not just say i want the most gorgeous woman on earth and i want her to be madly in love with me ew not madly no here's the thing instead you should add in fact throw in 100 other women (laughs) as well so i can pick and choose according to my mood ew no, but if they're all madly in love with you, you pick one and then the rest murder you. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, like okay. that episode of Buffy where Xander accidentally does the love potion to everybody. Right? We're not going to go into who wrote this article. It was clearly a single white man. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. That's funny. Uh, the final one is remember to demand the life extension clause. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best one, right? Satan won't tell you if you don't ask, but you can get a guarantee of at least 300 years of youthful life before you go to eternal damnation. 
Okay. So why would you enjoy 75 or 80 years of life when you can get 300? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. But also, who wants to live for 300 years? That sounds stressful. I know. I feel like I don't want to live past... Are you kidding me? The last 17 months have ruined my life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to live for 300. Well, especially if we live for 300 years, there's like going to be no world left, dude. Right. Be very yeah. tired. Not to be that person, but it's gonna be real hot in 300 years. <laughs> I might Dude, as well it's already help. hot right now. It sucks. Well, so I actually um, ha- have like a story about that. If y'all want to move into what's uh, casting a spell on us, this yes, now. I just finished a book that is about a character who sold her soul to the devil and did live over 300 years. Wait, what is it called? The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I just read that book. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's by uh, B.E. Schwab, and ultimately this girl um, back in the 1700s in France, or 1600s Mm -hmm. in France, doesn't want to get... 1700s is one of those. um, Doesn't want to get married, so she wants to, like get out of her little village and see the world and live you know, yeah. experience as much as she can so she makes she conjures up uh, a god after dark and that mm-hmm. like the darkness or the devil and she says that she wants to just I forget what she specifically asked for not necessarily like live forever but to like experience everything that she can yeah. and uh, that came with uh, the effect of well, you're immortal. everyone forgets you, right? Everyone forgets you, so she yeah. can't write her name. She can't even say her name. She can't get her own place to live. Like people mm-hmm. will really forget who she is if they go into the other room and come back. Yeah, and she like she never forgets. Yeah, no, she never forgets. So she goes through wars, and you know, she falls in love, and falls in yeah. love, and. Uh, it's a little bit more romance than I wanted to bargain for. But Same. I feel like the start of that book hooked me and then it kind of lost yeah, me. Yeah, it got into way too much romance territory for me. But um, so Is that typical book. of this author? Huh? Have you guys read anything else by this author? Because this I is really not. weird. I just picked up um, a darker shade of magic from Barnes & Noble because it was on the bargain bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't read anything I, by this person yet. So I am actually I, not... I've only I, read that the book mm-hmm. we were talking about. Okay. I started that Darker Shade of Magic book and I didn't finish it, but it was because I was being lazy. But my husband's sister loves that series and my okay. aunt too. Okay. So I they both really like that series. So I um, mean, the writing wasn't bad, but no. I, I enjoyed it overall. It wasn't entirely what I was hoping for, but it if y'all wanted to uh, read a really good book about the devil or a Satan satan's experience in the modern day for example i would mm. this book called i lucifer oh. by glenn duncan and it uh essentially it's more philosophical than uh Addie larue it's like more of a reflection on humanity and history and the origins of the devil because it's about christianity religion and the origins of the earth 
through the devil's perspective because he's basically getting another opportunity to enter back into heaven if he embodies a human being for two weeks or maybe two months on earth uh, and is basically good. So it's the devil back on earth trying to get into heaven, but he secretly doesn't want to go back to heaven. And he's also giving this entire uh, perspective finally from like his point of view. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like if anyone wanted to read some sort of book like that, uh, I Lucifer is uh, a really great, great one. I, I, it's more like, I don't know, I just enjoyed that more from a philosophical standpoint than Out of the Rue. It doesn't have all the romance fucking bullshit yeah. in there. <laughs> I feel that that kind of leads me into what has me, we talked about it earlier, but the, the Fear Street trilogy. Oh, yeah. With the origin story and the the town that's cursed uh that that i really enjoyed that trilogy Mm -hmm. i haven't watched the third one yet but i love the first two so yeah so this isn't so the first two i thought were great but i love the fact not a spoiler but that the third film brought the actors of the first two into that story Mm -hmm. because it takes place in 1666 so yeah Obviously, they're all descendants because they're from that town, and I like that they utilize those same actors and actresses. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I think it's an overall really great trilogy. It was. I agree. What like a cool, unique thing too. Like I feel like that's not something that happens. Like, when has that ever happened? Where they put right. three movies out like all at the same time? Yeah, yeah. within a few weeks yeah. of each other. Yeah, like it's a super cool concept. I just feel like it. Um, I'm bummed that it didn't get to happen in theaters. Um, Agreed. I'm glad that it still came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love a lot of the actors in it. I think they did a great job. So yeah, I'm. I totally loved it. I think it's super cool. I agree. Big fan. Well, and it's cool too that uh, it's you know written and directed by a female, mm-hmm. and I I really like how you know, the characters are more inclusive. Um, mm-hmm. I was to someone recently about like comparing, like, cause we were talking about if there were a fear street universe, right. And, um, or just like more of an RL Stein fear street universe, RL Stein, um, compared to Stephen King, Stephen King, there's just so many, like most of his adaptations, except for three of those films since the seventies were by, you know, cis white men. Yeah. So I feel like this Fear Street trilogy sort of like opened an avenue that could bring on more uh, marginalized talent within the horror genre, which would be pretty cool to see. And just talk more about like getting more adaptations from R.L. Stein, you know? Yeah. I remember spending, I think, I mean, we talked about this, I feel like very early on, all of us, but spending summers at the library and it started with Goosebumps Mm -hmm. and then it went to Fear Street Mm -hmm. and that just shaped a summer for me. Mm -hmm. So being able to see an R.L. Stein trilogy of films brought to life in a summer when I'm 31 Mm -hmm. is very cool and exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. So I'm going to do mine as a book as well and this is a book that i read pretty recently um it's actually a novella i should say so it's called things have gotten worse since we last spoke 
I want to read yeah. that. It's by Eric LaRocca. Uh, has anyone else read it? I haven't read no. it, but I've heard of it. I am okay. too. It and was so good. Cool. I really liked it. It's funny because I read it in like a sitting because it's not very long. It's like a hundred something pages Mm -hmm. and I got it on my Kindle. And so then I like passed the Kindle to my husband. I was like, Oh my gosh, you got to read this. So then he read it like just shortly after that. And then like, he was like, yeah, I didn't really like it. And I'm like, you're wrong. (laughs) And, uh, I just really liked this book. I thought it was so creepy. Um, he was, his deal with it was that he was like, it all happened way too fast. Like, I don't believe this would happen in that short of a time. And I'm like, well, it's a short book, but it didn't take place like over an hour. Like, you know, it's like, um, but the cool thing is, is that it's all done through. So the, it's these two women that meet on a queer forum. Um, and it's over like something really random. Like she's selling like an apple peeler on there. And so they start talking and, um, they start emailing back and forth. And then like, they end up getting AIM mess, like AIM, connected and so they were like AIMing back and forth which for those of you that don't know what that is it's like chatting <laughs> on the computer okay um can I interject real quick yes what was y'all's AIM oh no <laughs> mine was Lizzie Lou too L-I-Z-E-E-L-O-U too <laughs> so I was a jerk that changed mine all the time <laughs> okay well what was your most like used one Bubbles 90. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I love it. That was my childhood nickname. My childhood nickname was Bubbles. See, I didn't use AIM. I had um, ICQ. Mm. Old. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have a screen name? And I'm trying trying to remember exactly what it was. I just remember it had something in the end that was like G-R-R-R-R-L, like girl. But I, but like I don't. Riot girl. I don't remember exactly what the beginning was. Oh my god, know. I love it. So I need to elaborate on why my nickname was Bubbles <laughs> as a child. It's very short. Okay, it's because I had such a bubbly personality. Oh, that's cute. I can see that. Yeah, my <laughs> right now to this day. Yes. Yeah, I used Angel a lot. I, I have Angel tattooed on the back of my neck because it's true. <laughs> you laugh. I'm no, it's, it's uh, out of love. Yes. I don't know. Mine was kind of ridiculous. Like I had one, um, what was it? I think it was blonde and then Q, the letter Q and then T, 182. Blonde cutie, yes. Oh, and I loved yes. lady too at the time. Oh, I know. Mark Hoppus, I know. So ridiculous. fuck cancer, man. It's so funny to hear everyone's like AIM screen names, though. I had to interject because I was very curious what you. Okay, were. my exactly. most embarrassing one. Oh yeah, I won another one. I had a lot. My <laughs> most embarrassing one was Joel's girl four. Ooh. Oh my God. with a Y no it was the one of the singers of the band Good Charlotte oh, <laughs> oh quality no not quality no but I love it so yeah funny. so anyways they like AIM and then like it becomes like messed up basically but I, I like and I won't give away anything because it's crazy but like it's so 
I don't know. It's such, to me, it's totally worth a read to just sit down and read it because mm-hmm. it was a journey. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause I was not expecting anything like it to happen. So. Okay. Anyway. So you're talking about it's AIM based chat thread is the yeah. novel. Like, do you see their conversations? Yeah. It's like you read it and it looks like an email. It looks like an AIM chat. Like it so shows I really, name and then I, like their little text. I really enjoy those type of books because one, I think they're really quick we- reads and they oh, yeah. a lot of times have good stories, but also they are like the novel version of, um, like a you know, like, pasta, like a Reddit yeah, or like yeah. the, the Blair rich, witch project you're it's yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's really, I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. So highly recommend I actually, okay. I just saw that pop up on my Goodreads the other day. So I'm glad to know that you enjoyed it. Cause I, I marked it as want to read, but I was a little bit iffy on it. Cause I didn't, it was pretty vague and yeah. short. I mean, it's short, so you can get through it quickly, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if you guys read it, I want to talk about it. Cause yeah, I, it really keeps like- popping up on a horror book club I'm on in Facebook. And I just, I yeah. like, I dug the cover art. So. Yeah. The, cover, yeah, dark, the so. cover art looks awesome. That definitely it's- caught my eye. There's a lot of horror novels coming out uh, the past couple of years. Yeah. Honestly, it's a novella, so I think we should all read it and talk about it next episode. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Okay, so you guys, my thing is something that surprised me because it was something I really didn't want to watch, but um, my person put it on. And Mm -hmm. it's called Blood Red Sky on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about it while we were talking oh about Oh my gosh, someone texted me about this and said, don't look up anything about it. Watch yeah, it. just watch it's it. so good. Uh, <laughs> so instead of a deal with the devil, I would go find a vampire to bite me, I think, instead. Okay. Is it a movie or a show? So it's a movie. Okay. Um, and basically like... Like, the synopsis that's out there in public, no spoilers, is like there's a group of terrorists hijacking a plane. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm gonna say. But it's okay. it's good, and there's a vampire in it, and okay. it it surprised me. Like I said, I did not. I knew nothing going in, which I think is the best way to watch movies lately. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't watch the trailer. Don't look anything up. Just go watch Blood Red Sky on Netflix, and then tweet at me about how much you hated it. <laughs> Man, but I, I I liked it a lot. I thought it was very like original for the genre cool well ladies uh we will be back again sometime right if you like what you've heard find us on anchor spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at black magic coven and use the hashtag black magic coven to interact with us yeah this concludes the gathering of the black magic coven Listening to a downright creepy original on the Crickets Podcast Network.